I am so proud to be working with Kills to bring you this season of Rain with Josh Smith. I created Rain to empower communities everywhere and start important conversations about equality, and Kills have been doing exactly that for more than 170 years. Not only do Kills make you feel like your best self with their award-winning apothecary skincare products, but they also support local communities through charity partnerships, literally changing lives. And in the spirit of feeling like our best selves, Kills have just added a new cream formulation of their best-selling midnight recovery oil. And trust me when I say you need this in your life. Say hello to the Midnight Recovery Omega Rich Cloud Cream, which will not only help your skin look plumped, nourished, and radiant, it will also empower you to feel fabulous and take on absolutely anything. It's available now at your nearest Kill store or on kills.co.uk. Hey, I'm Josh Smith and welcome to Rain. And I'm so glad you're here, babes. This podcast is all about opening up having important conversations and celebrating successes, as well as overcoming obstacles to reign over our own lives. I love to chat to people and I always find things in these conversations to take away and use in my own life. So I really hope you'll find the same as well. Welcome to Rain. In today's episode, we're joined by the incredible Kiernan Shipka. Kiernan made her acting debut as a baby on ER before going on to win the role as the sassy Sally Draper at just eight years old in the iconic show Mad Men. Kiernan starred opposite her on-screen parents, January Jones and John Hamm, for seven seasons of the show and even picked up a SAG award for her epic work. She went on to be the creepier version of Sabrina on Netflix, and now Kiernan is starring opposite Diane Kruger and Donald Sutherland in Swimming With Sharks, available now on the Rock You channel. The show follows Kiernan's character Lou, who starts an internship at Fountain Pictures in Hollywood. And while she may be a little naive and a little awestruck by the studio's notorious CEO, Joyce, played by Diane, landing the internship was no happy accident. The drama is literally delicious. In this episode, Kiernan talks about finding herself, dealing with no's after eight epic years on Mad Men and managing her mental health. I love what Kiernan has to say about not waiting for one moment to define your happiness. So I hope you take just as much away from this episode as I did. Crowns at the ready. Let's rain. Well, hello, babe. How are you? Hello. I'm very well. How are you? I'm great. I'm just so excited. Here's the thing I was thinking back to when we last spoke, which was like two years ago now, when we were like knee deep in a pandemic and now we are semi coming out the other side and here you are, babe, coming of age in front of our eyes in swimming with sharks, which let's get real is so my piping hot cup of tea. And you just do that really creepy, I will get you, stab you in the back, steal your man, woman, job and your entire life when you least expect it so well. How did you nail that look? (laughs) It's funny, I did this movie in 2015 called Black Coat's Daughter, and my character was very quiet, and there was a lot kind of going on in her internal world, and I realized how fun that was for me to kind of leave a lot unsaid and Mm. play with 
sort of these characters that don't have as much dialogue and have to convey things through their eyes and, and their actions. And that's, that's sort of a fun little thing for me to do. And Blue was just this really interesting person to kind of make sense of. And it was so challenging for me, but also so fun. And it's an area that I really like playing in. I think that's sort of what's what's up inside there kind of kind of character. It was really fun for me. Especially because I was coming off of Sabrina, who just explains so much. <laughs> and there's so much kind of action. And it's heavy on the exposition, that show, because there's just so much plot that to do something that was quieter and more subtle was really a nice, a nice little switch. We all love that kind of like boss bitch <laughs> type of character. We love a girl boss. Get. We love a we girl love boss. We love a girl boss who is literally just going to like sashay in in a stunning outfit and deliver like those one-liners Kind of like going flashing back to that Double Wears Prada Miranda Priestly vibe. She even attacked. Yeah. She even throws a Louboutin shoe. Stunning. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot. There's a lot to this formidable woman at the center of it. And then then you watch you as the intern come in and interact with her. And I just thought what was so great about it as well is despite it harking back to those kind of old school ways of thinking, there's also so much that's peppered into it. Like the fertility struggles, like miscarriage, like so many important, like women's issues that are brought into this thriller in a really amazing way. Was that something that appealed to you about this project shining a light on those, those kind of topics amongst the carnage that is Swimming With Sharks? Absolutely. I mean, I thought it was entertaining first and foremost, but it was also modern, which I loved. And when I was reading the script, I could tell that it was written by an actor and it was written by a woman. (laughs) And those two things are things that you want with material like this. If you're tackling sort of the subjects that we were tackling and when you have actions and scenes that sort of play out as they do in this, you want to make sure that the person at the helm is someone that really understands it all and has a good perspective on the whole thing. And that was, that was Kathleen Robertson. So that, that, that also was kind of a a sell to doing this. Mm. And I think as well, that what's so powerful about it is when there are the sex scenes in it too, they're very much told and viewed through a female gaze as well and controlled by a woman, which is still, Yes. Crazy that that is still seen as something that's refreshing on screen, I right? Know. Like, like was what was that like to delve into? Because I guess as well for you, after, you know, growing up in the public eye where people are so prone to sexualizing women from such a young age, mm-hmm. if you think back to that Emma Watson and Hermione example, for instance. Yeah. How empowering was it to step into this part of your acting career and be doing scenes like this? It was really, it was really nice. I mean, I feel really lucky that I got to do it in an environment that felt really comfortable and Mm. creatively fulfilling because this was sort of my, I guess, one of my first forays into a more mature character and a more sexual being of a, of a woman. So it was... Mm. It was just so nice to feel like I could show up for work and take those risks and 
and challenge myself daily whilst also feeling really taken care of and, and really like I was in a safe environment to, to do that. It was, it was awesome. It was awesome and fun too. I mean, that's, that's definitely a, it's a huge part of the character and it's a huge part of, of being an actor is exploring every, every part of, of a person. Um, so, so it was nice that I got to do it with people that I really trusted. Mm, that's what's so important about it, isn't it? Cause we've had like, um, Emily Wood from Sex Education come on the podcast before and talk very powerfully about how it was very empowering mm. for her. And then also Simone Ashley as well from Bridgeton says exactly the same thing. It was like, when you're in a very safe environment, you are enabled to do those kind mm-hmm. of parts and feel like you can do it in a controlled way and you can choreograph it and you can dictate how you want it to play out. And I think that's what's, you really see that through Lou as the character as well. Like when she pops that sweet and pops it down her pants and then everyone's like, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, she was going for it. You go out and get it. Erica and I were having the time of our lives. It's so funny because I actually worked on a project with Erica after Sharks where she plays um my social worker and people and and she shows up on set and we're just cracking jokes and someone says do you guys know each other and someone says do you guys know each other or have you known each other we go oh do we know each other we know each other well (laughs) she's not just my social worker It was so, I love her so much. We had so much fun. And we also shot all that pre-pandemic. So there was no even kind of in the back of your mind, oh my God, I'm like getting really close to someone. (laughs) You're like, I'm not even getting COVID from this. We just went for it. No, it's COVID. I didn't even know what was COVID. (laughs) And it must have been so amazing to do that again with the safety of, you know, when you have to kiss Diane Kruger, for instance. Like that's amazing to do it with such a, such an incredible actress who's really been through it. And I mean, she's even been on this podcast yeah. before and talked very vocally about the kind of journey she's been mm-hmm. on to empower herself on screen. So that must have been amazing to do that with her as well, with that safety net too. Completely, completely. She's she's so thoughtful and and so talented, but the way she works is also so calm and so generous. And we had some really intense scenes together together. Uh, psychologically physically and she always just came in with such a such a loving lovely energy that made me just feel so safe and also when you feel what when I feel safe and and like I have a lot of trust in the environment you can take more risks with your work too so it's just Mm. it's a win-win yeah and I think it's very a poignant exploration of the Hollywood system as we know it, as we see mm-hmm. it, the studio system, the kind of toxicity that can be at the top, and then this real, real drive to be successful at any cost as well. I mean, it's a completely extreme mm-hmm. version of it, but there's parts of it that are really poignant and also very reflective of the world we're living in now, especially this one scene I was thinking about where you are on um, the little buggy through the studio lot, and then Dan oh says God, something yes. along the lines of, as a woman, you don't want to support a system that doesn't support you. When you look at that mm. system, do you feel like you are making choices and trying to participate in a world that is a very sort of new approach to it, would you say? 
I just, I feel really, I just feel so lucky. I feel so lucky that I started working when I was six years old on a show Mm -hmm. that portrayed women as complex human beings with depth because I think it sort of gave me a hall pass to be a complex woman with with depth and I, I think the way that we're talking about things is is constantly advancing and changing and good things are are happening and I I've done a lot of press for this show and I talked to a lot of women about their experiences and I was always so so protected from from much of this kind of world when I was when I was on mm. Mad Men and then and then sort of afterward uh, was 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 more in the in the world but still felt like I was I was just in an extremely kind of lucky position so I'm I'm very happy that things are being brought to the table and and talked about and kind of changing constantly I feel like I'm you know I'm I'm here at the right time it feels like what kind of like lessons did you learn about yourself through stepping into her? I learned so much about myself. I mean, the the way in which swimming was filmed was kind of nuts because I had been filming Sabrina for 10 months and we wrapped and that was extremely emotional. Uh, didn't know if we were coming back or not at that point, but I think a lot of a lot of people thought that we weren't and a lot of people thought that we were. So I kind of took it. Mm. At, at face value of, I don't know if I'm coming back at this job or not. I don't know if I'll play this character again. And it, it really did feel like we had just shot a finale, a series finale. And that was two years of my life. So I was coming off of that, which was just emotionally and, and, and physically fatiguing. I had one day off and then we started filming Sharks. And we shot that for three weeks up until, I want to say, March... 12th or 13th of 2020 and that date might ring a bell as <laughs> the day that everything shut down uh so we were we were shut down by this this pandemic and prior to that in the three weeks that we filmed I kind of felt like I brought so much of my um raw emotion to the table just because mm. I had wrapped Sabrina and I I actually used that to sort of inform the character in a lot of ways. And then and then we we picked up and filmed the last bit seven months later with with I discovered so many other parts of myself. So I felt like I was kind of growing and learning with this character and figuring out what parts of myself I wanted to to put into it. And it was really it was a really interesting time in my life to step into Lou's shoes. And I'm I'm happy that the the timing uh was what it was because I felt like I could kind of access parts of myself that I didn't previously have access to. Mm. And really channel some of that rage as well, right? Like the character, that internal thing when she's, Oh yeah. There's so much you can get out of yourself, the babe. Oh, broken down rage, (laughs) tears just streaming down my face. I was just like ready to go. (laughs) Just, I was just an absolute, mess there are so many times in our life where we do get very reflective on ourselves and we have to learn how to look after ourselves better and like manage our mental health way more and discuss what's actually Mm -hmm. going on internally 
and pull it out externally to in order to review it and understand it. How do you think your relationship with mental health has kind of changed and developed? And what do you think has been some turning points in that journey for you? Oh my gosh, it's changed so much. I mean, it's been... It's been such a such a journey and it's ongoing. It's ongoing and I feel like everyone needs to find what works for them and I know what I know what works for me at this point. I'm I'm lucky that or over the past maybe two years I've kind of maybe even the past year honestly, I, I, I found what I need to feel my best. And I know mm. when I push those things aside, I stop feeling my best. And Sometimes it happens and that's okay, but I think I know I know how to use the tools in my toolbox really well, but it's an active effort. It's an active effort to take care of your mental health and it's also a privilege. Um in a in a lot of in a lot of ways therapy is is something that's that's wonderful and and that I'm lucky to have access to and there but there there are also things that I know that I can easily do and then just just don't. <laughs> so it's just it's just never ending. It's just always a journey. It's always it's always a little bit of a a little bit of a ride. And it's and it's definitely it definitely takes a different shape when you're when you're performing or when I'm performing and you're accessing deep emotional parts of yourself that hurt and you're kind of wounding yourself uh, willingly for a performance there I've had to learn how to manage that and be able mm. to leave set at the end of the day and still feel like a good happy person um, mm. and then also do work that feels honest it's 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 definitely definitely a balance it's definitely a balance mm. there you want to bring honesty to your work yeah but therapy's great yeah 100% I love just talking for 45 minutes <laughs> That's babe, same. I'm a total talker. Sometimes it's just a stand up routine, it sounds like. But sometimes I feel like I'm just doing stand up. <laughs> I love that. I'm just going to do a stand up show for you because I just need to get this all out onto, into the open in the next 45 exactly. minutes. So just, just take a seat. Let me set the lights. Yeah. I've learned the script. It's all coming from within. It's a monologue situation. Absolutely. This is my. <laughs> My telehealth stand-up routine. <laughs> and scene. Spotlights. Done. <laughs> and scene. Yeah. What do you think talking about mental health and also going to therapy has really helped you deal with or process or learn to cope with the most? Yeah, I mean, I think that I've... I've had a very uh, unconventional upbringing and being a a 22-year-old woman in in the world is complicated as is and being in my industry and sort of making sense of of my life has been sort of a constant journey uh mm. looking back on the way i grew up and the way that i saw the world and the way that people saw me uh, it all it all affected me and it all kind of bleeds into your your personal relationships and the way that you view yourself and take care of yourself so so for me i think therapy is all about um making sure that 
I'm the best version of myself to myself and to the people that I'm around and love and and care about. I just want to, mm. I just want to enjoy and and be and be the the best version of myself. That's that's really to me what it's what it's all about right now. I would go with 100 and working on your relationship with yourself and having that positive relationship with yourself. That's like that's yeah, the goal really for everyone, important. isn't it? And it's interesting mm-hmm. when I think that you have when people have so many opinions about you in a public domain as well because it's almost like oh my god she's an adult now and I'm like people grow up <laughs> so <laughs> true time time exists yeah do you find that quite a stumbling block at points where you're just like oh my god guys like obviously I'm now a 22 year old woman I'm not still this 17 year old even that everyone saw me five years ago yeah it's interesting I, I get it I get it too though I I I had not seen Mad Men until uh, 2020, and I remember watching it. And when you're a character that is that is known in a lot of homes and is important to a lot of people, it's easy to always associate that person with that, with me being 10 or me being 12 or or whatever. So, so I kind of understand it. And it is funny when I, when I run into people I haven't seen in a while and they go, Oh my God, you're a woman. It's like, yes, that is, that's how it goes. <laughs> uh, but I, but I really, I get it too, though. I, 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 I understand why it kind of comes as a surprise because I'm, I'm, I'm lucky that I got to play a character that was really iconic and that people still associate me with, um, to some extent. That's really cool. But, but it is, but I am growing. <laughs> I am, I am 22 and out there in the world. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's so interesting to have that kind of perspective of having a career for actually quite a considerable amount of time and be 22 and have all the lessons you've learned and to gone through really amazing periods of success. Like, honestly, like being in Mad Men, being in Sabrina, mm-hmm. then going to this amazing show that has like Donald Sutherland in it and yeah. Diane Kruger and like, you're doing some incredible work in it, which is so great. Thank you. For Thank you, you, like, how is your relationship with this idea and concept of success versus failure changed, would you say? It's so interesting because the thing about starting on a show like Mad Men was that I had a job for eight years, <laughs> 10 years, some of that. And I, I did not have to face the amount of rejection that you end up having to face as an actor because mm. I was just doing one thing and I was very kind of protected from hearing no's all of the time, which from six to 15, that was an, an incredible thing for my mental health. Uh, but, but afterward, obviously that's not, that's not realistic. You, you take, you take on this, this line of work and you hear so many no's, so many no's all the time. And I think that that is, that was a tough thing to, to adjust to. And my idea of success I don't know if I I had a clear picture of what success looked like when I was when I was younger because I was always just so kind of in the moment of whatever I was doing mm. and I was really happy with whatever I was doing and it's easy to get antsy and it's easy to kind of want to look for the next thing and now I sort of 
I like to view success as feeling really proud of myself and good at the end of the day. Uh, I think that success is, is definitely within the journey. And obviously I have, I have goals and I have dreams and, and things I want to create and so much I still want to do. But I think if I'm not, I think I'm successful every day that I, that I put in the work. So I guess my perspective has changed in that it's not necessarily, um, sometimes it's not the tangible, I did this, I did that, I did this, I accomplished that, um, I booked this. And it's more just about feeling like every day I, I did the best I, I could and I worked really hard. That is actually That's the secret. Feels like. That feels like success. Yes. I think. That is success. Because also if you're constantly mm-hmm. looking for these external sources of validation to define your success, you are always going to struggle, right? Yeah, and that's just going to be one moment and then that's going to pass and then you're going to come back. I think, I think I don't, for me, I'm trying to learn how to be happy with, with myself and, and love myself and love my life every single day and not wait for a moment to, to define my happiness. You have to let your happiness be defined by other things, I think, to have a sustained level of of joy. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. And to find that definition of joy within you. But it's easier said than done. It's easier oh my said God. than done. It's like the hardest work. Yeah. Like this yeah. is some of the hardest things we have to do, actually. Like It really is. The work is not really done at work, is it? Yeah. It's like <laughs> done in here, done inside. No, no, it's, 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 um... The work is done inside so that work can be better and work can be more enjoyable, I think, too. It makes it makes the actual work more rewarding when you show up being the person that you want to be. Yeah, 100%. And when you leave work and you have a person to come home to within yourself, that's also really important. Yes. That's I love really that, important. the idea of coming home to a person within yourself. That is, that is such a good way of looking at it. Yeah. I, I like to think that I like to think that you know work's done, and then you can also kind of go back and settle into the version of yourself outside of what you do for a mm, living. One hundred percent. Rain and Kills are both about empowering you to feel like your best self, and Kills's new Midnight Recovery Omega Rich Cloud Cream does exactly that. It's rich in omegas 3 and 6, which help replenish and rejuvenate skin. And with it only taking seven nights to younger looking skin, I'll race you to that nearest Kills store. Or you can shop on kills.co.uk. When you think back to, because we talked a little bit about this idea of rejection and like getting no's for the first time and Mm -hmm. that kind of weird experience of hearing that word... Is there a no that you've got that has ultimately really empowered you looking back now? I think a lot. Yes. The, the answer is yes. And for different reasons. Uh, but I've, I've heard no's on things that I really wanted that I thought I put in the work for and did a great job for. Um, and kind of thought, oh man, that's that's a that's a really big bummer. I really wanted that, and and th- and then maybe a year goes by, maybe a couple months go by, and I think, oh my god, if I was doing that job, I wouldn't have experienced this, this, and that. So for me, 
every no is just kind of a consistent practice in trusting time, mm. timing. Um, like I really think that a lot, a couple jobs that I've wanted, if I would have gotten them, I would have not have been able to experience other things in my life that feel extraordinarily important and integral to, to kind of who I am as a person mm. now. So, so it doesn't, it's never easy. Rejection is never easy. That's just not what it is. But I think something that has brought me a lot of peace is knowing that it's all kind of part of the plan and a no can actually be a, a humongous blessing in disguise. That's given me a lot of peace mm. and a lot of calm. Just and it's not meant to yeah. be. I think sometimes those sort of not meant to be moments are actually the things that then pushes forward to doing the things that are meant to be, right? Like being in that place where you meet that person who then you Absolutely. have that Absolutely. If I, if I had gotten that, I wouldn't have been doing that. Yeah. One thousand percent. And you, it, your life changes that way. It's so true. Yeah, it's all just it's all just kind of part of the ride. Yeah. Do you feel like now you are the most in your power that you've been? Yes. And what do you think have been some moments that you have really dug the deepest to find your inner power and inner strength? I think that when I was shooting Sabrina, I was eighteen to twenty. And those would have been years of probably massive self-discovery if I wasn't working as hard as I was working. But instead, I had a a Mm -hmm. life-changing job that taught me a million other things. But I was really a workhorse. And coming out of that, I think that there was... There was a lot of room for me to kind of grow as an actual person outside of my job. And that was the year that we were all kind of locked inside of our homes. So I think I did do a lot of internal uh, discovery and and self-reflection. But at a certain point, I needed to get out in the world and make new friends and meet new people and experience kind of the gift of of life in order to step into my own power. So I feel like once once the world started opening up a little bit and I got opportunities to meet new people or reconnect with old friends and go out and have nights and say yes instead of no and do silly things and stupid things and things that make you uh, learn. <laughs> that was when I really felt like a woman. That was really when I felt for the first time, like I was, I was an adult human in the world with something to say. And, and, and I felt like I was gaining perspective every day when I was just experiencing nights and people around me and asking questions and looking people in the eye and staying present instead of thinking about the lines that I had to learn the next day or, or going home at a certain hour so that I could be fresh for work and, and all that kind of stuff, which is, which is important and will still be a part of my life now. But I think I needed that time to not have that kind of work schedule and to just be a person in the world. That's, that's when I started feeling the most in my power was when I got to just experience life. There's so much amazing things you can realize when you actually take a second and take a step back to be present mm-hmm. right like oh my god in those moments you're like oh my god i 
I'm actually just going to focus on this conversation I'm having right now. I'm actually going to really open my ears and listen to what's happening instead of thinking, all right, I need to be doing this in 10 minutes. I need to be doing this in 10, like in in 10 weeks or whatever, like yeah. just to focus on that actual moment and just be present and ground yourself in it. It's such a great place to get to. It's really a game changer. And it taught me so much about myself too. It just, just being a little, being more present and engaging more, I think, with the world and the people that I I cared about was was really key to to me coming into my own and growing and and figuring out who I who I want to be and what I still want to become. Mm. And I mean, that self reflection is the hardest thing to yeah. do, isn't it? When you also have those difficult conversations with yourself and you're like, "Oh, Han, that wasn't a good move," or like you're like. Or you're like, oh, that part oh you got to make plenty of flubs right? and so many mistakes. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. What do you think you've learned the most from being present with yourself? I think being more more present and connecting with other people. Just It reminded me that, that I think a lot of the magic in life is connecting with other people and mm-hmm. is loving people and feeling loved. To me, that is that is one of the great joys of, of this of this life and and this world. And obviously everyone is entitled to having their own priorities and their own things that they, they deem valuable. But, but to me, just experiencing people and, and really experiencing people and, and, and not having my mind drift elsewhere while I'm at a dinner or, at a party or at a coffee, the the there's so much magic in just connecting with another human. So so to me, I think that being present has really solidified that that is that is a value to me. There's mm. a huge a huge value, and it's easy to not. It's it's a, this our our lives are big, and we're running all over the place and thinking about a million different things. I totally get it. I I, I run that way too. My my brain is is constantly um, thinking about what feels like too many things at once. Uh, but occasionally I'm able to, to just meet the person where they're at and, and kind of give, give myself back. And I think that that's really, it's really wonderful when you can do that. Oh my God, I totally relate to that. Babe, it's been so amazing talking to you today. I always love speaking to you. It's been a pleasure as always. As always. But we always end on one final question. The final question always is, babe, in the reign of your life, what is the one rule you will always live by? What is that rule? Oof, be kind. As long as I can be kind, everything else is great. Love it. But I want to be, I always want to be kind. And that also works for being kind to yourself, right? Have you learned that the hard way to be kind to yourself? Completely. That's the hardest person to be kind to in my life is myself, for sure. But but it's it's part of it. If you if I'm happy with myself, I'm a better person to other people too. So it's all it's all an investment to putting out it. the most good you can. I think. I think. <laughs> also have fun. Also have fun. Yes. I think that's the other one. Is I think have fun and lean in. I mean, I think just really, really embracing life and and being bold and taking risks is is so fun. 
it's such a why mm. not for me. But it's hard. Sometimes there's mental blocks, but you got to do it. I honestly think pushing through to having the most fun you can in any given moment is sometimes just the best recipe for everything. That's when you let loose the most. So. That's when you're literally like yep. living that best moment of you inside your power, living that Release life. your inhibitions. Release those inhibitions. Feel the rain on your skin. <laughs> yes. If there's rain where you are, feel it on your skin. I love the fact that we've literally managed to get a Natasha Bedingfield quote finally into this podcast, babe. Thank you for turning up and serving us some Natasha it Bedingfield quotes. It had to quotes. happen. Well, thank you so much, babe. I and honestly, it. good luck it. with everything going forward. I really, 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 really love the thank show. You, my dear. I love you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me for another amazing episode of Rain. I really hope you found something to take away from this episode. And if you have, let me know. You can always get me on socials at Josh Smith Hosts. I love to hear from you. And as always, if you've enjoyed this episode, please like, rate, subscribe, or follow wherever you get your podcast from. And more importantly, please share this with someone you think needs to hear it. Let's get those convos going and I'll see you next time. <laughs>